This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the Rams Talk podcast preview show. It's me again. This doesn't usually happen, uh, but back-to-back preview episodes for me. And I've got a really good guest for you today. Uh, We're previewing Carlisle United away and I'm joined by Lee Rooney from the Brunton Bugle. How are you, Lee? I'm not too bad. Enjoying life back in League One after just over, well, just under a decade away. So it's it's been a steady start for us, but I think we're generally happy with how things have gone so far. Good stuff, good stuff. And I have to ask you before we get going, can you explain the podcast name? So yeah, the Brunson Bugle. So we um, we did a podcast, me and a couple of mates, about five, six years ago. It only lasted a few episodes. It was just becoming, it was very cumbersome to put together. And it was, um, we used to record on match days and it just was, it was too much work. And then when all the lockdowns started with COVID, we decided, well, me and a few mates were like, well, why don't we put something together? I live in Liverpool one of the lads lived in Form, me near Liverpool, and the other lad lived in Carlisle. I'm like, well, let's try to do something. We're trying to think of names. And and Dan, who's on our pod, said, well, there used to be a, um, like a, it's like a, a newspaper that the club did in the mm. early 90s called the Brunson Bugle. And I think it would come out on a match day or something. So I was like, that's brilliant. Bit of alliteration, you know, it's got a <sighs> different name to what, you know, you'd normally expect to get. Went for the Brunton Bugle. And like it's it. basically we've been going for three or four seasons now. So it's all good. Good to hear. Great to hear. So, got a few questions for you, Lee. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's the same questions we ask every week. So, uh, I'm sure people listening know what I'm going to say already. But to kick us off, I mean, we're what? How many games in now? Eight games in. Um, would you? How would you sum up the season so far for Carlisle? Okay. It, it, it's as simple as that. It, you know, people might look at it, oh, they're not the best of starts. You know, they're right down near the teams that are struggling at the bottom. But we're quite realistic. I think our fan base and that we know that budget-wise, we've probably got one of, if not the smallest budget in the division. We got promoted from League Two last season with a bottom six budget. I think it was a bottom eight budget. Mm. No, so that shows, you know, the amazing work that Paul Simpson's done, which I'm sure you could ask me about him in a little <laughs> bit. You know. And, um, he, you know, I think we look and think with the recruitment we're able to do, we managed to keep hold of most of our defence and midfield and we're pretty happy with that because they were pretty good last season. We've, We've had to make some changes in attack and refresh things up a little bit there. And we've struggled maybe to find our feet and find goals at first, but a few games in now we're starting to you know, show we can score goals and cause team problems. And you know, we kept all the own Moxon, which was a massive thing for us because he was amazing last season in League Two. What a star he was. But generally we're looking and we're thinking, actually, 
no one's battered us. No mm. one's come and steamrolled us. I mean, against Stevenage, you maybe argue they dominate chances and our goalkeeper was one of the match that day. But even then, we still had a few chances ourselves. And Wigan were the nearest team we got to a team battering us in the first half. They were unreal and we're like, wow, this is the best team we've seen in a league fixture for probably a decade. They played some unbelievable football. The second half, we just made it into a fight. It's like, right, you know what? We're going to take the game to you. We're going to have a real go here, change things up a little bit. And actually, we were probably marginally the better side in the second half, and we got a draw from it. So we're looking at thinking we, we can see it's a t- much tougher test at League One level than it was at League Two. Mm. But on the flip side, we're coping okay with it so far. And I think at the end of the day, our aim this season is to stay up, and that's it, really, because we've got promoted probably one or two seasons ahead of schedule under Simpson. So to get up where we are now, great. Let's just take the opportunity, keep ourselves in the division and build from there because there's potentially some very good news coming off the field soon about a takeover as well. So things are looking bright for us. It's just a case of, right, let's not let's not mess up this opportunity of playing third-tier football and keep ourselves up there and, and build from there. Well, exactly. And um, just want to want to test your memory here. Do you remember the last time our two teams played against each other? Uh, it was that... League Cup game in 2017, 2016? No, no, it might be 2015, actually. I remember because I I live in Liverpool and I drove over that game. It was uh, in an August night and it's one of the hottest I've been at a football game. (sighs) It was still like 25 degrees when the penalty shootout happened at like half 10. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Because I remember we equalised with pretty much the last kick of the game. I think it was Mike Jones scored a a long range past Scott Carson. So, I mean, that's going back a bit now, isn't it, when you think about that? So, yeah, I remember that game because it was, you were probably comfortably the better side in it, but yet we still somehow managed to, to nick it to penalties. And there was a there was a discussion we had after the game, I remember, because I think the referee messed things up with the shootout. We should have been able to withdraw one of our players from the shootout because one of your players went off injured and didn't come back on for the shootout, but for some reason we didn't. So it was a it was a weird one. I think it was a mistake that the referee had made. If you go back and look at it, I'm sure that's what happened. But I remember it being an epic shootout as well. And driving back over up the M6, we were sweating like mad. It was so warm at that time, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I remember it well. Um, I was lucky enough to speak to Derby's owner David Clowes, and he was reminiscing about that day as well. It's it's one of those that sticks in the memory. I think it was Bradley Johnson that was injured and and didn't yes, take the penalty. Yes, it was. You're right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah. There we go. Tested both of our memories there. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I've got to come to you about the ex-Derby players, haven't I? Yeah. Um, Callum Guy, he always looked brilliant in our academy, never really got a chance in the first team. And then Luke Plange, who, who sort of, he, he didn't come through our academy, but we signed him from, from Arsenal as a, a youngster, broke straight into the first team and had a decent sort of end to the season in our administration season. How would you sum up their time at Carlisle? Well, um, I'll start with Luke Planch first because there's not as much to say about him because he's only just signed for us in the summer on loan from uh, Crystal Palace. And there was a bit of... I think there was a little bit of disappointment when he signed because we'd had a lot on loan from Crystal Palace last season called J.K. Gordon, who's at Cambridge United now. And he looked a real talent. He, he took, took his while to find his feet and he dropped out the team for a little bit. But when he came back in, he looked really, really good and strong. And you know, he was a big player for us in our playoff push. Um, and we were kind of hoping, oh, maybe we'll get him back on loan. And he, he was on the Palace bench for the first few games. So it's kind of like, oh, maybe that's why we missed out. So when he went to game, it's kind of like, all right, so we ended up with the one they didn't want in the end because we got league plunge. But I think the problem was that the problem is these days, you get opinions of fans on the internet don't really tell you how terrible a player is. And plunge, 
didn't have the best of times at Lincoln City last season on loan. I think it's fair to say their fans didn't rate him at all. Funny enough, he goes and scores against them in the weekend, which was quite funny. <laughs> um, but first couple of games, you put, if you're, you're thinking like, I can see a little bit of, of what, what is good about him. But he was a bit frustrating. He looked like a pl- an academy player. You know, mm. one is all the nice touches and everything, but he he's not quite smart enough to know. You haven't got that time in the ball. You're going to get bullied off the ball a lot. And he struggled a bit. And funny enough, that game against Wigan I mentioned earlier, he came on as a sub in that game and he helped change the game because he held onto the ball well and he used it really well. And you're like, okay, maybe there's a play here. And actually, when he's coming to the game, into the team recently, he's looked actually quite good. And you think, okay, maybe there actually is a half-decent play. I'm not sure he's going to score many goals for us. But his work rate's pretty good. He, he actually has got quite a nice touch him and, he, and he, he plays the ball quite nicely. But yeah, whether he'll still stay beyond January because we've only got him on loan until then, I don't know. But mm. he's shown enough that he's, he's a fairly useful player. And, you know, the, 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 his teammates seem to like him. You know, they, they really rallied around him when he was struggling a bit and, he, and he's done really well at the weekends. So yeah, fairly decent player. Callum Guy, great player. We signed him from, was it Blackpool, I think? In just before the all the COVID things kicked off, first few games, thought, oh, we've got a decent player. He got quite a bad knee injury, but then he was back in time for the following season and he was fantastic. We we missed on the playoffs that season in the COVID season because we had a run where we had to play Saturday, Tuesday, 12 weeks in a row and yeah. it just crippled us. And we just we went from top of the league down to about 10th. Yeah. Just because we just, and Chris Beach, our manager, just couldn't recover from that. He basically ended up getting sacked few months into the next season because he just didn't know how to get us out of a rut. And Callum was a fantastic midfielder, fairly decent set pieces on him for corners and that kind of thing. But his ability to screen, you know, the back line as well and, and cover them. And he's a pretty decent passer of the ball. One of my mates nicknamed him um, uh, Ungailo Kante because he's he was that uh, good at doing <laughs> that kind of job. But he, um, yeah, fantastic player. And actually... Massive last season in terms of how well we were able to be because Owen Moxon's probably our star player in midfield, but he's our star player because Callum Guy does the dirty work and he does the covering and he will run all day. Um, mm. Brilliant player. He made his 150 appearance for us at the weekend. He um, First couple of seasons, he didn't score at all for us. And he, I think he only had one career goal before that. And then last season, I think he, sc- he was having his own goal of the season competition. I think he scored about three or four goals from long range. Yeah. Out of nowhere, he just developed this ability to actually score a goal from distance. So, um, really improved in terms of that. But he's a big fan favourite as well. You probably saw him the other week. He, he got the man of the match award in our win against Shrewsbury. And um, some of these online um, social media accounts, you know, the banter accounts, they, they all think, oh, Carl's man of the match gets a curry or gets a bowl of pasta. They don't. <laughs> all the players get that bowl of pasta. They just take a photo with the man of the match to, to give the, the local company or pub or yeah. curry house, whatever that does it, a bit of promotion. And he didn't obviously have a fork on him at the time, so he's there dipping his hand into this bowl of <laughs> tray of pasta to eat it. So uh, he got a bit of stick for that. But yeah, he's he's been a fantastic player for us, has as Callum. And he's one of the, I think he's tied down now for another two or three seasons, I think, or maybe two seasons with an option. So he was captain for a season and he struggled a bit in the season where he was captain and he got taken off him and it's not really affected him in terms of he didn't react badly to it at all. In fact, it helped him. He was mm. so much better player once he had that taken off him. And yeah. Really, really good player and um, one that I'm sure will play a big part of the weekend, definitely against you guys. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm sure he will. <laughs> and uh, just on that picture, it, it gives me uh, the vibes of Connor Salmon holding that pizza. I, I can't remember who he was playing for at the time. 
but yeah, that picture of him, man of the match, and he's got his pizza, uh, which is always a, yeah. a good one to look back on. Um, and I guess before we get on to the rest of the players, um, just want to talk about your manager, uh, Paul Simpson. I mean, he, he had some good times at Derby, Paul Simpson. I think he's, I wouldn't put him down as a legend, but I'd, I'd certainly say that he's someone that Derby fans really, really like. Yeah. Um, we were all rooting for you guys last season. Um, we, you know, Simo, he's, he's, I guess you could even say he's one of our own a, a little bit. I know it's it, maybe not, but 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 to some Derby fans, he really is one of our own. So yeah, talk us through his appointment and and what he's done to change Carlisle into a League One team. Oh, he's a legend. He just he just he's a club legend now. He's, he's there's a strong argument. He's up there as, with Alan Ashman and Bob Stoker as one of our greatest ever managers. Basically, you know, he's two spells now, three promotions. Um, we'll tell you about when he came in. So he, he came in. Last season, so last season, not last season, sorry, season before. So we had Chris Beach at the start of last season, and as I mentioned before, he got sacked. There was a lot of discussion about who was going to replace him, and our director of football at the time, um, the brother of Dean Holdsworth, I don't mention his name because he, he's that disliked at Carlisle, but um, <laughs> he basically um, ended up appointing a guy called Keith Millen, who was his former teammate at Watford. He claims right. that he hadn't been spoken to him for years, so it was just a coincidence that. But he was just he was just dreadful. Nice bloke, mm. but just not up to being a manager at all. He hadn't been a manager for like ten seasons, I think. At Bristol, wow. he was the last place he'd been a manager. So he just he just couldn't get a grip of things. We had a game in February against Swindon Town, and Swindon Town were flying at the top of League Two, and they, they had a guy playing for them called Harry McCurdy. I'm sure you'll have heard of Harry McCurdy. Most yeah. low league fans have because he's basically every basically opposition fan hates him. We hate him more because he used to play for us. We had him for a season and he, he was really good, actually. He scored 11 goals from 33 games on the wing. This was the season that was curtailed by COVID. And we let him go, which probably tells you all you need to know about what he's like off the pitch. And, mm. you know, he was just not worth the hassle in the slightest. And he was he would argue with fans. He'd, he'd start arguing to games. Like, he scored a late winner against Walsall, I think, and refused to celebrate with our fans, even though we we're all going mad and, like, cheering. It's like, he's such it's an weird. absolute idiot. But anyway... Um, he ran riot that day. It was one of the most toxic atmospheres I've ever been in a football game. He was just taking the mickey. He, he scored, he set the other two up, celebrating in front of our fans, and he got some abuse, but so did Keith Millen. He was getting so much stick from our fans. It was unbelievable. So, um, yeah, it was kind of after that game, I think the owners kind of realised, like, we can't carry on like this because we're bottom of the league and really struggling. And I think the only man they could get in that the fans would instantly get behind was Simo. Mm. And they went to him and Simo said, I'll come back as long as you do it properly and you sack him first. I don't want this being sorted behind his back. Well, I said, you, you, you sort it out with him and then come back to me and we'll talk. Mm. And apparently as soon as they've done it, he said, right, I'll do a deal to the end of the season. And I think he won five of his opening six games and basically guaranteed safety pretty much in that first month. Um, the turnaround in the performances, some of the players who'd struggled was unbelievable. And the following season, I think we all just sort of hoped we'd maybe mid-table, maybe just sneak into the playoffs. As it was, we probably could have got top three if we hadn't had a couple of injuries mm. at one point. And what he's done, because he's a local lad, because he's a car lad, he gets it. Yeah. And he's got that real connection. because, And he's got credit in the bank from the first time around, even though he left to go to Preston and that annoyed some of our fans back then. But most of them have got over it now because he kept us up in what he's done last season and yeah, he he's managed to do something I don't think anyone else could have done, which is not only 
do well with the team. It managed to almost get the fans to forget about the fact that we have some owners that are they're not bad people, but they're very grey and old and stale, and they 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 need it. They need something refreshing there, you know, something to yeah. refresh things at the top. And a lot of our fans didn't like them though. They they were quite vitriolic towards them, and they they kind of almost forgot because Simmer's done such a good job. And you know, we're, we're getting five figure crowds for the first time in years for league games, and we'll have a five figure crowd again at the weekend, guaranteed. And it's you know, it's he's given us a club to believe in, and I, I think that's genuinely probably had an impact in terms of. Attracting this outside investment for the potential takeover from the to the Piatic family from America who get involved with the Jacksonville Jaggers and sponsorship and stuff. And I think they've met Simo. They've been really impressed with him. And yeah, the, the difference he's made has been unbelievable. And look, he's pretty much guaranteed the job as long as he wants, pretty much because the fans love him. And, you know, he, if we got relegated this season, I don't think he'd lose his job. I think most fans would stick by him and say, let's have another go again. Like, that's how much they love him. And like he... You know, there's, you'll see banners up for him at the game at the weekend and stuff like that. So he's yeah, unbelievable guy. And yeah, I mean, the, the two promotions he got first time around were enough to make him a legend, but to do it the <laughs> second time around as well just tells you all you need to know. Yeah, that that's really good to hear. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of Derby fans listening will uh, will appreciate that a lot. But right, let's get back onto the onto the team. Mm. So you've mentioned a couple of players already. Um, I've just got Fop Mob up in front of me, and I'm just looking at your top three players. Now we've spoken quite a lot about Callum Guy. He's there yeah. in second. Um, but the top player that you've got is a player you've mentioned two or three times already, and that's Owen Moxon. Yes. I mean, he plays what central midfield. He's got two goals, yeah. two assists already this season. What's he like? What sort of player is he? Box to box midfielder. Um, we signed him from Anon Athletic. He's 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 a Carlo lad again. So he's just he was playing just over the board of Anon Athletic in Scottish League Two. He was in our academy until he was 16 and we let him go. He went to Queen of the South, had a few years there, didn't really make it there. Went to Annan, did fairly well. Annan were managed by uh, a guy called Peter Murphy, who's our record outfield appearance holder. And he played under Simpson, funny enough. So when Simo came back, he contacted Simo and said, look, we've got this lad in midfield. He's been fantastic for us this season. There's championship clubs watching him. But if you guys come in, he'll sign for you because he wants to play football. And he wants to play for his hometown club at least, you know, for a season at the very least. Yeah. So I went and watched him in one game and said, yeah, signing him. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Like pretty much, I think he went to one of his playoff games and said, look, I'm coming to watch your playoff game because they played in the playoffs and in that season. Don't worry about it. We'll chat, you know, a week after. Just do what you do, what you normally do. And he was brilliant. And we all thought, oh, he'll take a bit of time to settle in. But he took to playing in professional football like a duck to water. He was working as a UPS driver. When he was at Annan, so he had to give that job up to come and play full time for us. And I'm sure, now... he's gutted. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's devastated. But yeah, he's, he's been <laughs> to, to make that step up to the full time training, and 
it didn't look a struggle for him at all. And he got six goals and 17 assists last season, I think. Um, wow. He was Scottish. No, sorry, no, Scottish. Uh, he was in the League Two Team of the Year. Um, I think he came second to Sam Hoskins at Northampton for the 442, you know, the EFL uh, League Two player of the season. So, yeah, most opposition clubs were all raving about him as well. He, he's got a great long shot. I mean, brilliant corners and free kicks and set pieces. Um, he, he, the thing about him as well, because you think, oh, he's, you know, attacking player, flair player, go forward. I think he was near enough top for tackles in League Two as well last season. Mm. He can win the ball back really well. He's got this ability to sort of turn and hold off a player and, and bring the ball forward. There was one assist in particular, my favourite, was our third, the second goal against Barrow for Joe Garner. He plays this defence spitting pass that you think, how on earth did he spotted Garner for you with that pass there? <laughs> Unbelievable ball. But yeah, he's, you know, our fans all sing, you know, when Moxon is one of our own the weekend, he's that. He, he is a, a massive player for us. I think we're probably going to struggle to keep hold of him. I'm hoping this takeover investment might give us a little bit more money to convince him to stay. But at the moment, he's supposed to be out of contract next summer. There's some talk that there might be a clause in there. If he plays so many games, we can extend it for another season. But he's going to have clubs interested in him. He, he's, yeah. he's maybe not settled into League Two quite as quickly just yet, but he, he's doing pretty well, you know, and he copes with the physical side of it really well as well. So, yeah, massive play for us last season and keeping hold of him. I mean... Keeping holding beyond the August window was a real achievement because Blackpool made a quarter million pound offer, which we sort of laughed off and said, Are you taking the Mickey? <laughs> no way we'd let him go for that. And the um yeah, I think we basically decided, look, we'd rather he kept him for the season than let him go for any sort of fee. Unless it's a really stupid like with a seven figure fee, you'd have to think about it. But you know, for that yeah. for the quarter of a million pounds it just wasn't worth it because he, he's the kind of player who can help keep us up. Well, exactly, and staying up would be worth yeah. much more than that. So, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and if you're going to highlight one player as sort of the danger man, um, we'll take Luke Plange out of the equation. Uh, <laughs> who, who would you pick? Um, it's a good question. I think there's a, it's hard to pick one because I kind of want to pick two. So I'm going to because I want to put an, attack, an attacker <laughs> and a defender. So in attack, Sean Maguire. So Sean Maguire, you've probably seen him play for Coventry yeah. and Preston a few of us. We, we were quite surprised we got him in the summer. We've only got him on a one-year deal. I think the hope is if he does fairly well, we might be able to extend that because he's had a few injury issues. But he was fantastic, really. He, he, he's he's Now he's found his feet and found a bit of fitness because he came a little bit late in pre-season. He looks technically so good. He, he's good on the ball. He's got he's got one goal, but he actually he practically got another, but it was given as an own goal against Shrewsbury. Oh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, he, he looks a really good player and he's... More of a second striker, I think. So we're kind of hoping we get some up there playing with him and planges at the moment. We've got Joe Garner comes off the bench and replaces him as well. So, you know, we've we've got options there, but Maguire looks a real fine. I'd say our longest serving players are one I'd pick out, John Mellish. You know, John's an interesting story as well. So John, he we signed him for, in 2019 from Gateshead in the National League. And he'd just been voted the best young player in the National League when we signed him as a centre-back. for is it, you know, about 20, 21, I think he was. Yeah, upcoming player. In fact, he might have even been 19. But anyway, he's a young player, almost one for the future, but a decent player in it, either way. Um, he struggled to get in the team a bit. I think he found Lee too a bit of a tough one at first. Stephen Presley was our manager, then got sacked, and um, then we replaced him with Chris Beach. Chris Beach was going to let him go as a defender within the season, but then we played a reserve game against Kendall Town, and he thought, "I'm going to try him in midfield. He's, he's quite bustling. He gets about a bit. He's got a bit of energy about him." He scored a hat-trick against Kennel in the friendly in midfield. And then he played against Blackpool in another one. I think he scored another hat-trick. 
So he basically said to him, are you going to play in midfield at the weekend against Crawley in League Two? And he's like, oh, okay. Went in and he did okay. Now that season got curtailed by COVID, but he got a new deal as a midfielder. The following season, he scored 17 goals from midfield. Wow. Like, and he's not the most technically gifted player in the world, John, but he will run all day. He will cause chaos and he gets in the right places. He's got pretty decent finishing as well. So he had a great season for midfield. The following season, we struggled at the start. We didn't really have any strikers. We actually played him up front for a couple of games because we're like, we just need someone up there. And he scored a couple of goals playing up there. And then Miller loses his job after Beecher lost his job. And John and Paul Simpson comes in in his first training session, takes one look at John and says, now you're going to go back in defence, mate. We're going to go to three at the back and you're going to play on the left side of that back three. But I've seen your ability in terms of running with the ball and, and real power and you know pace, a little bit of pace as well. You can get forward when you want because Callum mm. Guy will drop in and cover or Moxon will drop in and cover. So basically, John Mellish is, as Mike on our pod describes him, a box-to-box defender because he will, <laughs> he will literally... You probably see him as much in attack as you will in defence. He's been a little bit more reined in on that this season, to be fair, because we're playing better teams, but he's still doing it occasionally. Mm. And for home games particularly, you'll probably see him doing a bit more. So he loves bombing up and down the pitch. He causes chaos. The great thing about him as well is if we play with Gibson as one of our three midfielders, Gibson's also a, a winger. He can play there as well. We have the ability to switch to 4-3-3 during the game because you mm. just push John into midfield and say, right, go in there and just win the ball cause a bit of problems. Technically, he's got a lot better than he was at the start as well. So he's a massive fan's favourite because he's longest serving, runs all day, works his backside off, and he loves up winding up opposition fans and players as well. There's a great um, video from when we, we scored a 96-minute winner against Swindon last season away. And it was Edmonton that scored it. But as the players are running over to celebrate our fans, John Mellish runs across and slaps three different Swindon players on the back of the head as he's running <laughs> to celebrate with our fans. And he also... Um, when he scored his penalty at Wembley in the playoff final, he just, typical John Mellish, just ha- hammered the ball as hard as he could. And then basically turned to, the, to a Stockport fan who'd clearly been giving him stick behind the goal and told him where to go. So, yeah, he's, um, <laughs> he's a character. And, like, he, he, he's funny, but I don't want to talk too much about him more, but his mum's also on Twitter, and his mum is a typical embarrassing mum. <laughs> stick all day on Twitter, saying like calling him a prat and stuff like that. So, um, but it's all like in jest, basically. But, yeah. yeah, John John's a massive fan's favorite, and you'll probably see the weekend. You know, he just he will run all day. He's one of those players who probably won't work at many other clubs, but he's mm. quite happy here because he knows the fans like him and we love what he does and we we know what he can do. So, he's one. I think the only club he'd probably go to would be Sunderland because he's a big Sunderland fan. But yeah, that, I think he he probably stay with us quite a few years, hopefully. Mm, that's really interesting and mm. I guess to look at the team as a whole then um, what sort of shape do you shape up well I know you mentioned three at the back um, we play three at the back as well and it's horrible uh, what's what's yours like yeah we played three at the back pretty much since some Simpson came and he tried four three three in a couple of games at the start of the season it just didn't quite work um, as I mentioned we've got two uh, wing backs we've got Jack Arm who's I think probably second longest serving player after Mellish who He's he's been fantastic. I think he's played about seventy odd games in a row now. I think he he'll get up and down all day. And Finn back on the other side, who's on loan from Nottingham Forest, mm. whose surname might sound familiar because his dad is Neil Back, uh-huh. who uh, won the Rugby Union World Cup with England in two thousand three. <laughs> it's great because his dad's always tweeting about us and stuff like. He seems to really because he was on loan last season as well. Was uh, Finn and he's fantastic attitude. He missed a lot last season because of injury, but he was still coming up and watching the team and stuff. So he really bought into it. Um. So, yeah, they get up and down quite a lot. But as I mentioned, John Mellish will just 
go forward and we're practically becoming back four at times when he mm. does. And Callum Guy will drop deep and Moxon will sort of screen up and down the pitch and Gibson Gibson for someone who's a winger, he'll he'll nick the ball all day in attack. You now he's got this ability to win the ball and he's really good and creative the ball at his feet. The problem we've had is we didn't really have a target man this summer. And we were kind of hoping Ryan Edmondson would step up and become that because he showed signs of it last season. But he's really struggled for form at the start of the season. He really hasn't found his feet yet. So we're kind of hoping he's been gifted an opportunity because we signed JJ Coyote on loan from uh, Rotherham for his third loan spell with us on deadline day. And we thought, great, we finally got the Tiger Man. One, he's a big, strong lad, six foot five. We know how good he is from his previous two spells. Um, unfortunately, he dislocated his shoulder on his debut and we didn't know he had. So he played against ah. Stevenage with dislocated shoulder. It's only because the pain was getting worse the day after the Stevenage. He went and checked and said, yeah, you dislocated shoulder. And he went back in. But when he did that, it tore some of the ligaments in there. So you're going to have to Ooh. have an operation. So he's out for 12 weeks. So frustrating. So Edmondson's been handed a bit of a lifeline there to potentially get back in the team. <laughs> he's on the bench at the moment, but he's a big six foot three, six foot four striker. So you kind of hope he'll be able to do that. But yeah, we, we can be direct when we want. But actually, we when we get into the final third, we'll play some quite nice football. We'll link, play quite well. So our fans don't mind it. It's one of those ones, I think, back in the day, our fans were saying, oh, go back to back four, get some wingers on the pitch. But the problem is you pay 4 three, three, people accuse you of playing 4-5-1 a lot of the time mm. when you're not. Whereas with the 3-5-2, it's a very clear back three for us with Melish obviously getting forward. And the wing backs do get forward quite a lot, similar likes that. So yeah. yeah, it's it's quite well liked with our fans. We don't really mind it. It, it gets the best out of the plays we've got. But, yeah, um, we have that ability, like I said, to switch to four three three during the game if we need to. Yeah, and when when you build a team to play a system, it, it does tend to work, um, unless it's Derby, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, we've talked about a lot of the good. You've talked about some of the best mm. players. Um, what what are the biggest weaknesses? What are the areas of the game that you think you could work on? I think the goal scoring was the weakness at the start of the season. We were last season we scored quite a few goals, but we were struggling at the start of the season to really we were still creating chances, but we just weren't they weren't being really being brave enough with the ball sometimes and and taking those opportunities. But that started to improve in recent games. Um I think a bit more belief sometimes as well. I think too many of our players are a little bit I don't want to say awestruck, but they're kind of they're maybe a little bit struggling to Realise you're playing at League One level now. Yeah. There's one, there's one young lad called Taylor Charles. We we all on our pod rate really highly. And the couple of games he's come in off the bench for, he's been caught in possession like pretty much straight away. It's kind of like you've got to get up to the speed of the game really quickly in these games now. It's not as easy as it was maybe in League Two sometimes. So <laughs> sometimes, yeah, maybe not getting up to the pace of the game. And yeah, there's, a, there's still a little bit of a question in goalkeeping-wise. We had Thomas Holy was first choice at the start of the season. Thomas is six foot nine. Uh, wow. Big uh, Czech goalkeeper. That's excessive. Tallest, tallest player in the league. Right? It was, the great thing about having him in the team was teams just didn't really score set pieces against us because he couldn't I'm not surprised. Most of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's got a pretty decent kick on him as well. So like generally you could play back to him and he kicked it pretty well. Simo, there's rumours that Simo wasn't really that convinced by him last season at times. So we signed Jocko Anderson on loan from Reading. Mm. And he came in for the game against Port Vale. And he had an absolute stinker in that game with a well, not stinker to be fair. I'm being a bit harsh there, but he made an absolute um, aberration on a, a lot, throwing back to him. Basically, he tried to control it, messed it up, and gave away a penalty. And was the only goal of the game. Uh. But he picked up in the last couple of games, and he was man of the match against Stevenage. He was excellent, and against Lincoln, he did fairly well as well. So 
it, we're hoping that maybe he'll settle down and show what he's, he's capable of now. But but yeah, I, I kind of feel we're pretty strong defensively. And like I said, no one's really outplayed us. But we just need to a little bit more belief from the players, I think, is what we need. And, and taking those chances when we're attacking, you, you know, you, you get away with it in, in League Two a little bit more. Mm. You don't at this level. You are there, there is a clear step up. You, you notice that straight away. Yeah, yeah. There's some big teams in this league. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can imagine. And one final thing before I ask you for mm-hmm. your score prediction. Are there any Derby players that you're worried about facing? Um can I leave can I read your squad list out? Um I don't I haven't really had a chance to look in detail. Waghorn's one that always worries me. I'm pretty sure mm. he scored a hat trick against us for Leicester or someone, I think, a few years back. Um he's he's a really good player. I really like him. Um you know, what, I'm going to have to load your squad up now because I, I was looking at it before, <laughs> and there's some. There was some. I was thinking, God, this is actually going to be tough at the weekend. I know you guys haven't started the season particularly well, I suppose, but um, but I'm pretty sure you'll find your feet quickly. <laughs> um, looking through, I mean, Connor Hurran. I mean, <laughs> having a play fit. like that, yeah. yeah I suppose he's, he fitness issues there. Or that, there you go. Yeah, he, he's you know, great player this level. You'd think, and uh, Mendes Lang as well. I suppose is another mm. one who've always. Uh, Really like them. just the attacking options I'm looking at. Well, it's, it's a little bit. Would it surprise you, know, yeah. you if I said we're rubbish up top? Well, well you know, <laughs> you look at the names; they're all big names there. So it's kind of mm. yeah, a little bit of surprise to hear that. But yeah, I mean, look, there's this quality throughout that squad, and just to be competing against teams again at this level is really, really pleasing for us. And you know, last time we played at League One level, we we caused a few bloody noses to some of the bigger teams. You know, we beat. Southampton, Norwich, Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United. I remember a game against Sheffield United where Francois Zoko for us took apart Harry Maguire, which you know we, we might laugh at now, but <laughs> Maguire was a big, you know, upcoming player at that point, and he and he just tore him apart for 90 minutes in the game. So it's yeah, we're, we're capable of doing that. And Brunton Park, and you know, when the crowd really gets behind the team, it, it can be not a fun place to play, you know, because it's it's quite a tight enclosed stadium and it's a an old school football ground. So it's yeah, kind of hoping we can. You know, if we can get a good early start in this game, maybe we can cause a few problems. Well, as you say that, I want your prediction, Lee. Um, how do you see it going? What What's your score prediction? Um, we are notoriously optimistic on our podcast when we do our predictions <laughs> for each game. I'm not sure any of us have predicted a defeat yet. Um, and I'm not going to change the habit of a lifetime. We're on a free game on beat and run, albeit with a win and two draws. <laughs> I'm going to predict we make it four, and I think we're going to nick a win. I think two-one. Callum Guy is going to score a long-range goal, of course he is, and pro- <laughs> probably Luke Plunge with the other just to, to rub it in a little bit extra. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a two-one win. Oh, I like it. I like it. I'm going to flip it the other way. Be boring. Um, I'm going to say Derby two-one win. I think it'd be really tough. Um, like you've said, it's it's a tough place to go, and and Derby aren't in the best form at the minute, and. Again, you've sort of picked up a few points recently, probably growing a little bit more confident in a in a new league. So, yeah, I think it'll be a tight one. I'd like to hope Derby would have the quality, but then, you know, this is Derby we're talking about. So, yeah, you never, ever know. Um, but, right, thank you so much to everyone for listening. Um, Lee, it's been a real pleasure. Um, no problem. If, if you've enjoyed, please do check out our other stuff. You can find us on Twitter, Rams Talk Pods. Um, you can find us on YouTube if you want to watch this uh, with our lovely faces. You get to see what, exactly what we're thinking at every moment. 
um on on youtube's that's rams talk podcast and yeah we've had loads of good ratings on spotify uh we're edging closer to getting that five star rating overall back so thank you everyone for the uh for the ratings i really appreciate it so yeah let's hope for for derby's sake that we win in the weekend i'm sure you'll disagree with me lee but uh thank you very much for coming on cheers away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.